All right, I've got a message for you. If you've got your Bible, let's go to Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. It says this, verse 12, Return to your fortress. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. I like that. In fact, I read this verse this week on uh, day 349 into my one-year Bible reading plan today. 349, and we've got, uh, what have we got? About 15 days to go. And I read this this week. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now, somebody say, even now. Even now, I announce I will restore twice as much to you. I will restore, some versions say, double, double, double for your trouble. You know, this year has been a big year, and I love Christmas because Christmas is the birth of hope. And in a year that's had many challenges, one of the most important things we could have held on to is the fact that we have hope. Hope that things are going to change. Hope that things are going to be different. Hope that a vaccine is going to come along. That we have hope. And uh, I like this verse because it says, Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Now, when I think of the things that can imprison us, I think of a whole lot of other things. I don't think of hope. I think of the dumb decisions we make. How many know they can imprison us? And we're all just one decision away from stupid. You know, and, and stupid decisions can hold us captive. You know, I think of the things that can imprison us. I think of the bat that came out of China. I think about a virus, you know, that imprisoned a whole lot of people this year. You know, I think of things like fear and insecurity and depression and heartache and, and failure and sin. That, they're all things that can imprison you. But I don't think of hope. I don't think of hope as something that can lock you up. But I'm sure that we've all done time at some point for all those other things. Those other things in our life, you know, the insecurity and fear, they have imprisoned me at times. But, but I like this verse because it says, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. See, this verse isn't about holding on to hope. It's actually about hope holding on to you. Being a prisoner of hope is like anybody can hold on to hope in moments, but also you can lose hope just as quickly as you held on to it. You know, a lockdown happens, you lose hope. You lose your job, loss of hope. You get a bad diagnosis from the doctor. Again, loss of hope. Rumors are spread about you. You know, loss of hope, loss of trust. You lose a loved one. Again, loss of hope. You know, a loss of confidence can result in also a loss of hope. Right now, on a scale of one to 10, one to 10, where is the level of your hope at today? You know, I, I quickly want you to give yourself a rating out of one to 10, and quickly you may just want to share with your neighbor, maybe you don't, but where is your level of hope at? Coming into Christmas, because for some of us, it may be high, but for some of us, if we're to be honest, it might be a little low. You know, I wonder, when it comes to this whole thing of hope, whether its foundation is not the hope that we hold on to, I wonder whether it's not about our grip strength, but the hope that actually holds on to us. Question, are you today, are you today a prisoner 
of hope. Just quickly ask your neighbor there. Are you a prisoner of hope? Are you a prisoner? Quickly, come on. I, I want you hear you asking your neighbor. Are you a prisoner of hope? Have you been imprisoned by hope? Are you surrounded by hope? Are you captured, captured to hope? You know, when, when you're a prisoner of hope, one thing you realize is that you've been ruined for anything else. In fact, I read this verse and I was just reflecting. Uh, come this month, I've been leading this church 20 years. 20 years, yeah, that's right, 20 years. Um, it's a long time. I don't seem that old, but 20 years, been leading the church. And uh, we've had some real high, unbelievable moments. But also in leadership, there's some low moments. You're always shooting out for things that are beyond you. And sometimes those things don't come to pass. And as a result of that, you know, disappointment can get in. But one thing I've found in my leadership is that, that it's almost like God's made me a prisoner of hope. I can't help but stop believing for a better day. I can't help but stop believing that God's going to fulfill his promise. It's almost like, man, why am I doing this? You know why? And then I go, no, that's the reason I'm doing it. God spoke into my life from a young age. He gave me a dream. He gave me a vision. He helped me realize that I'm not here by chance. And I want to say what's kept me over 20 years of leadership is I am a prisoner of hope. Every time I want to give up, it's almost like that thing that's on the inside of me. When I try to let it go, it wouldn't let me go. It wasn't just me holding on to hope, but, but hope was holding on to me. You know, I, I really believe you know, it's important in relationships to remember. Sometimes it's good to remember who made the first move. Who made the first move in the relationships you have? Come on, if you're married here. Who made the first move? In fact, there's, there, there's a lot of arguments that sometimes go on as to who pursued who, who chased who. who. I want to make it clear, uh, I pursued Kathy. That's right, yeah, I pursued Kathy. Uh, I let her go uh, for a moment. Yeah, you heard the story. We broke up, um, but I had to then pursue her again for a second time as well. And so there was a, a pursuing that went on it. Here, here's the deal. When it comes to our relationship with God, uh, we didn't find God. So many people say, well, I found God. No, you didn't. How do I know this? Because he wasn't the one who was lost. Uh, we were the ones who are lost. And, and Paul understood this. Paul understood this whole concept. I, in fact, I, I love the scripture found in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He, he's at the end of his life and he says, Not that I've already obtained all this or have arrived at my goal. How many have got some goals that they haven't arrived at? Uh, I hope you have. Because that gives life and energy to, to your daily activities. He says, not that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold. Somebody say, take hold. To take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold. Somebody say, took hold. So what you got here? You got take hold and you got took hold. Took hold of me. You got take that's present and took that's past. You got take, took, not tick, tock. 
uh, but, but, but here in this whole thing, it's, it's like you need to wake up a little bit this morning. It's, it's like here, I press on to take hold. So I'm present, I'm taking hold of that which Christ Jesus has took hold of me. So he's took hold of me and then I take hold of him. Uh, who made the first move? God made the first move. In fact, Romans talks about that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. He, he died for us. While we're in sin, he, he made the move towards us. So the question is, who's got the stronger grip? Sometimes we can lose hold of hope, but here's the good news. Hope doesn't lose hold of us. Come on, when you're in doubt, when you have disappointment, when discouragement comes, which none of us are immune from, it's important to remember who's holding who. It's God who's held me. There's times I've wanted to let go. There's times I've wanted to give up. There's times that I've wanted to go and do something else, but, but it's God who's held me. He held me, and I today am a prisoner of hope. I wonder how many other people here today are a prisoner of hope. See, some of us right now, we think we're holding on to God, but, but if we're just holding on to God, it's reliant on our strength. It's reliant on our grip strength. But, but if God's holding on to us, that means even when we let go, He's got us. Come on, I want to declare today, God's got you. It doesn't matter what you've been through this year. It doesn't matter what you've experienced. God's got you. And He's working a plan. So many people in their relationship, is, it's just like, oh, well, I'm holding on to God. But God's holding on to you. See, if it's, if it's just one way, there's a, a measure of strength there. And, and I like what Paul says. He says, I take hold of God. Because Jesus has already took hold of me. And how many know if you've got a grip like this, it's hard to break. Because it's not just reliant on one person's strength. You know, in today's world, it's easy to become a prisoner of fear. It's easy to become a prisoner of depression, anxiety, confusion, and failure. But the good news today is that Jesus, Jesus, this is what we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus has a key. And with Jesus, we have hope. Come on. The thrill of hope. The thrill of hope. And what hope is, is hope is things can be different. Things can change. I'm not stuck. There, there's a brighter and there's a better day ahead. Come on, the thrill of hope. Some of us should be a little bit more excited right now because a, a lot of people in the world right now think they're stuck. This is my lot. This is what I have to put up with. This is my life. No, no, the thrill of hope. Things can be better. Yeah, da disappointment and, and hardship, they can knock on the door. But the key of my soul is not available to them because I've been wrapped with hope. I've been entangled. My, my life is entangled with hope. It's surrounded by hope. I am a prisoner of hope because I've got God. I've got a life sentence and the key has been thrown away. 
I can't help whatever I go through, whatever situation I find myself in, I can't help. I have hope because I have Jesus. See, when you're a prisoner of hope, you can't escape and you can't untie your heart from hope. No matter how bad it gets. And 2020 has been a rough year for a whole lot of people. But here's the good news. Jesus, he's the hope of all hearts. Now, many people, when they think of hope, they think it's pie in the sky, wishful thinking, that's disconnected from the realities of life. That's not the hope I'm talking about. In fact, hope is misunderstood in a lot of places. Uh, when I say hope, people think, well, yeah, I, I hope it's not going to rain today. What are we saying when we say that? I, I hope it's not going to rain today. Uh, what we're saying is we expect a downpour, but we don't want it to happen. And, and so we hope it's not going to rain today. But, but with God, hope is different. L- listen to what the psalmist said. In Psalm 71 verse 5, it says, For you have been my hope. So, so right at the start, hope is a person. You have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. So again, it's in a person and it's not just in an event. Because you have been my confidence since my youth. From birth, I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. I reckon we should just join with the psalmist right now and give God praise, not just for a moment of hope, but a life of hope. Come on, I wonder whether we can do that right now. Come on. Come on, let's give him some big praise. See, what you got to understand is hope is powerful and hope is different to optimism. Optimism is about optics. It's about seeing the glass half full. But, but real hope is not cheap optimism. See, real hope, the difference is real hope mingles with suffering. Real hope engages with hardship. Real hope faces difficult decisions. Real hope is not avoidance. It's not putting your head in the sand, wishing something away. In fact, Desmond Tutu, he said this. He says, hope is being able to see the light despite all the darkness. It's being able to see the light despite all the darkness. Another person said, hope is a heart in agony that yearns for liberation. Hope is a heart in agony that yearns for liberation. Question, are you a prisoner of hope? See, hope carries a powerful presence. And it's something that breaks into our future and transforms our today. And and, and you've got to hear, the God of the Bible is not the God of rules. He's the God of hope. And you and I, we can experience a living hope. A living hope. Not empty religion, but a living hope. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Praise, there it goes again. Praise be to the Lord God of our Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. How many are glad for new birth? Now, the oldest passed away, 
This is gospel. Behold, all things become new. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead into the inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, or never fade. Some of you right now, you're hoping for some good Christmas presents. How many got some hope for some good presents underneath the tree? Yeah, we got some hope, but, but here's the hope. The living hope that we have in Jesus will never perish, never spoil, and never fade. Jesus is not about empty religion. He's about a living hope. And Peter was praising him because of this living hope. Now, a prisoner of hope is, is not, oh, well, I guess I've got to have hope. There's a living hope. And I just want to give you four things quickly that a prisoner of hope has. Number one, they have, number one, they have a fortress. They have a fortress. Listen to this again. Zechariah 9, verse 12, it says, Return to your fortress. Your fortress, you prisoner, you prisoners of hope. Uh, how many know we all go through stuff? But the question is: when the stuff hits the fan, where do we go to? Where do we seek refuge? Here, he's saying, return to your fortress. Now, summer holidays, what are we doing? We're returning to our fortress. Return, that, 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 that word return actually means to retreat or refresh. Return to your fortress of hope. Now, now what, what hope is, is hope is a place of protection and safety. And, and that word return actually means to retreat. Now, now, when we hear the word retreat in a lot of places today, people think of retreat and uh, it has a whole lot of negative connotations to, uh, to it. In fact, some people, you know, leading teams, they go, oh, we're not going to have a staff retreat. They say, we're going to have a staff advance. It's because, oh, man, we don't want to retreat. We are advancing. But as much as we want to advance, sometimes it's important and necessary for us to retreat. And there's a value in retreating. And, and you've got to understand, there's a good retreat and there's a bad retreat. What are holidays? Holidays, they are simply a retreat. They are a retreat. They are a place where we can get refreshed, replenish. It's a place where we can recreate. Uh, we can recreate. Time off is really important. And we're going into a summer season where we've got some time off. Question is, what are you going to retreat to? Some of you mind going, I'm going to retreat to the couch. Others are, I'm going to retreat to Netflix. Yeah, others are, well, you know, you're just thinking about Christmas lunch and I'm going to retreat to self-indulgence because that's what I need right now. Others of us, are, we're going to retreat to bad habits. There's many people are going to retreat to alcohol or, or bad behavior, anger. Return to your fortress. Return to your stronghold. I want to say return to a safe place, a place of refreshing. This place is meant to be a place of restoration, a place where you can retrieve what has been lost. It's a place of rest. See, see what you return to, what you seek comfort and rest in is your stronghold. And it's your stronghold in the negative and in the positive. 
Yeah, so many people think stronghold, they think negative. Oh, we need to break those strongholds. Well, I have some good strongholds that I don't want broken. One of the strongholds in my life is God loves me. I know that God loves me. Nothing else can convince me otherwise. Do you know one, another stronghold I have is hope. It's a stronghold in my life. I'm a prison to that, that, that no matter what comes around me, I'm returning not to negativity, not to despair, not to depression. I'm returning to hope because I'm a prisoner of hope. You know, I was just talking to Sophia the other day and she's got a strength in her. She's my 12-year-old daughter. She's our youngest and uh, I noticed Sophia, one thing with Sophia, no matter what her siblings say or what goes on, she can't stay mad for long. Uh, she may get mad in a moment, but she can't stay mad for long. And it's almost like, you know, she goes away, retreats, and then she comes out and, oh, it, it's like it doesn't take long. And I was saying to Sophia, man, that's a strength in your life. Because how many know we all get mad? Oh, yeah. now, now, a lot of us retreat and we get madder and we get more angry. You know, retreating to the place of hope is retreating. I'm, I'm calling to mind. I'm getting perspective on this and I'm coming out with hope. I'm not coming out with anger. I'm not coming out frustrated. I'm coming out in a place of hope because I am what? I am a prisoner of hope. And I can't hold on to that situation. Come on, I want to encourage you. This summertime, if stuff's happened in your life, don't retreat and walk away from God. In your retreat, determine to be a prisoner of hope and go to God. So when 2021 kicks off and gets going, you're already in a place of belief. You're already in a place where you can take hold of vision. You're not having to catch up. Now, a prisoner of hope has a, a good fortress. The second thing a prisoner of hope has is they have an anchor. They have an anchor. When you're in a storm, what do you need? Yeah, no, you need an anchor. And what hope is, hope is a, it's an anchor. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, listen to this. We have this hope. Turn to your name and say, we have this hope. Come on, we have this hope. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Here, no hope is like a ship where the anchor has been cut away. And what happens is when the, uh, when the anchor's been cut away, you're then subject to every wave and you're subject to every gust of wind. You're subject to be blown around by your circumstances because you don't have hope. But hope is an anchor. And, and when you're hopeless, you become helpless. There's many people this year have been blown around by life. Battered, boom, boom, taking knocks from all sides. And they, and they find themselves in places and they go, how did I get here? You, you got there because you didn't throw down an anchor over here. 
Uh, yeah, you got there because yeah, you didn't throw down. No, I, I'm, I'm going to throw down the anchor. And one thing is, if you throw down an anchor in a storm and a current, here's the thing, is, is, is that anchor will get you to force you to face what you're up against. So many people want to be blown out of their problems. They want the waves just to crash them into a safe place. It doesn't work that way. Your place of safety is found when you have hope. And hope is an anchor for your soul. See, hope goes beyond logic. goes beyond reason. And, And hope, listen to this, hope is found, true hope is found in the presence of God. Listen to this verse again. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary. Behind the curtain. What's he talking about there? He's talking about the presence of God. Where, where's real hope? Not cheap hope. Where's real hope found? It's found in the presence of God. And it's the presence of God that anchors you. Yeah, our church, this church, city church, defies reason and logic in so many places. The only reason it continues to grow and move forward is because it's, I want to say, it's anchored in the presence of God. Our prayer is always, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. I'm glad that this church, where the people have an anchor, and it's anchored not on what, where we meet on any given Sunday, because <laughs> that changes. It's not anchored in a physical building. It's anchored in community. It's anchored in Christ. It's anchored in Him. And that enables us to face anything that comes our way. In fact, many people look on at you guys and go, man, who are these people? You know, that, that, that would press through. Or, well, these people have an anchor, have hope. We're not where we believe God, God we're, we're not in what God's promised yet, but we have hope. And hope is an anchor to our soul. So number one, is a prisoner of hope has a fortress. Number two, is they have an anchor. Number three, is they have a door. They have a door. Let's go to the book of Hosea. Hosea records a crazy story. And in it, we find the unfailing, prevailing love of God. You can read this story uh, over your summer break. But in it, you've got two characters. You've got Hosea. Hosea's the husband. And you've got Goma, who is the wife. Funny name, Goma. Uh, Goma's the wife. And here's the deal. Goma has a history. You know, she's promiscuous. And what happens in this story is Goma betrays Hosea's love time and time again. And what the book of Hosea is, is it serves as a picture of God's love towards us. That, that when we reject God's love, God still pursues us, still comes after us. He, he holds on to us. When we let go of God, He's still chasing us. And in Hosea chapter 2, uh, it's a pretty dire situation, but listen to the, the response of Hosea, verse 14. It says, therefore now I'm going to allure her. She's been naughty. And I'm going to lead her into the wilderness and I'm going to speak tenderly to her. Now, if somebody's been naughty, that's not a normal response. But he says, I'm going to speak tenderly to her and there I'll give her back her vineyards and I'll make the valley of Achor a a door of hope. 
There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came out over out out of Egypt. Now, now the valley of of Achor, it, it simply means trouble. It's it's the same root meaning as where you get the word Achan from, which means covetedness or or greediness and. And, and what's been said here is, is I'm going to make that valley, that valley of trouble, in that valley of trouble, I'm going to give you a door of hope. In the valley of trouble, there's always a door of hope. What does that mean? When, not if. When, not if we stuff up. When we sin. When we hurt one another. When, when we reject. If we repent, and turn to God, and if we'd be prepared to walk through the valley of trouble, God's saying there's always going to be a door of hope. There's always. doesn't matter how bad it's got. It doesn't matter what we've done. You know, whether right now there's trouble in your marriage, or you've got trouble with your kids, and you can think, man, I'm in a valley of trouble. I want to declare today there's a door of hope. Where you got trouble at work and you see no way out. It's like, no, if you're prepared to walk through that, there, you can be confident there's a door of hope. I, I find if you reveal it, God will heal it. What you don't reveal, God can't heal. But if you open it up to God, God will come into that place and there is always hope. But the lie of the enemy is, well, I'm too far gone. In fact, I remember a summer job and I was working with a 25-year-old. I think I was 19 at the time. And I was sharing the gospel, and he says, I believe, but I've made too many mistakes in my life. I'm too far gone. He's 25, and he thinks he's too far gone. And so if I can't turn back. No, if you are be prepared to go through the valley of trouble, you can be confident there's a door of hope. It's never too late. There's always a door. It's a door, and in fact, grace can be described as, as the door's not shut. The door's are shut. There's, there, there's always an openness. If you'd be prepared to open it up. And some of you, us, we're, we're stuck. And we're stuck in mind. And we think, man, I can't get out of this. I want to say there's hope today. You don't have to live in that sin. You don't have to live in that past mistake. You don't have to live in that guilt. There's always a door of hope. Come on, when you're a prisoner of hope, you have a fortress. Second thing you have is you have an anchor and you have a door. And lastly, number four, if we can finish up here, is you have a confidence. You can have the musicians up. Listen to this. Return to your fortress. You prisoners of hope, even now, I announce, I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. You can be confident. Anything that's been lost, anything that's been taken from your life, God's able to restore. Restore you, not just back to where you were, but beyond that. We see it in the Bible with Job. We see it in many other places. It's not just a restoration back. There's more. In fact, we call this year full and overflowing. 
funny year to call it full and overflowing. But I really believed it. God, God said, come on, it's full and overflowing. And in many ways, we've seen that come to pass. Just probably not in the areas we thought. And I love this year that we've had, been, had a confident hope. Listen to Romans 12, verse 12. It says, rejoice in our confident hope. So not a weak hope, not an insecure hope, but a, a confident hope. Listen to this. Be patient in trouble. How many think there's a word from God for you? It's like, be patient. I'm in trouble right now. Be patient. Listen to this. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Be confident. Have a confident hope. Rejoice in it. Be patient in trouble and, and keep on praying. What I found is there's always this gap between what we expect and what we experience. And frustration can be defined as the gap. See, our expectation can reach a level where our experience frustrates us. It's like when you buy something, you think that looks good, and then it comes in a whole lot of boxes. You're going, that's not what I bought. I, I bought the finished product. I didn't buy a whole lot of pieces. I know a lot of us are going to be assembling gifts. They're gifts, but when you're assembling, it, it doesn't feel like a gift. How many have been frustrated assembling some stuff before? Yeah, it can be frustrating, yeah, especially when you don't read the instructions first. You know, it's like, you know, hope is, is not a nail. Yeah, you know, a nail is like, like wishing for something. It has a measure of hold. But I liken it to a screw because there's levels to it. The difference between a nail and a screw is the thread. And you screw it down and it's harder to pull out because the threads are wrapped around it. And, and hope, that's, that's why the hope we're talking about, it's not just this fleeting, wishful, cheap optimism. There's threads around it. And it's like a nail you can pull out quite easy, but, but, but a screw, there's a greater hold there. And each thread has different components to God's nature. And, and it's like, I'm, I'm not just faking this confidence. I'm confident because I've seen God's faithfulness in the past. I've seen God work miracles in my life. I've seen testimonies in other people's lives. I read my Bible. And I've seen it come to pass. And all those amounts of threads around our life, which, which, which wrap us in hope. So this hope, you know, it's not something that, well, I'll just... You know, bang, yeah, I've got hope. <laughs> then get the end of the hammer. Yeah, you know, I don't have hope. No, no, there's something more that has a greater hold to it. But uh, we can get frustrated at times because our experience doesn't match our expectation. And what 
the problem is a lot of us, what we do is we lower our expectation then to the level of our experience. Because we lose hope and, and we become negative, we become cynical, and we become hopeless. And we say things, you can hear it in people's language. You say things like, well, it was just never meant to be. I was just never meant to be happy. It was never. It won't. It doesn't. You know, that language is evidence that somewhere hope is amiss. Uh, Let's just be real today. Life can be disappointing. How many have been disappointed this year? Come on, how many of you be honest? Yeah, I've been disappointed. I had this expectation. I had this dream. I had these plans at the beginning of January 2020. But they all went out the window. Yeah, life can be disappointing. But it's problematic when we resolve the disappointment by lowering our expectation when we lower it to the level of our experience. Because in large, what you experience in life is determined by the height of your expectation. Come on, I I really feel, and I wanna speak into this because I know a lot of people's expectations have been disappointed. But I wanna say this Christmas season, be a prisoner of hope. It's time to get your hopes up. Come on, Equipus Church. Let's get our hopes up. Our our hope is not in an event. It's in the person of Jesus. Some of us got more hope for what's under the tree than we've got in God. We got hope on how good. It's amazing. Oh, man, I just can't wait to Christmas lunch. It's like if your hope's just in Christmas lunch, that's going to come and go. Our hope needs to be in what the future holds the future now and for eternity. And God says, hey, be a prisoner of hope. He says to the prisoner of hope, guess what? I'm not just gonna restore you back to where you were. I'm gonna restore back to you twice as much. And you can be confident in that. That when you're waiting, and sometimes it feels like we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Remember when you're young and you're waiting for Christmas morning to come around? And it's like, man, I'm waiting forever. But when you're waiting, you can be confident God's up to something. Often we can't see it. And every day there's a chance that our expectations will be violated and and we'll be disappointed. But don't lose hope. Rejoice in confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Don't let what you expected keep you from what God wants you to experience. Title this year, Full and Overflowing. Where was the verse from? It was from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, where Paul says, I pray that you be filled with the fullness of God. Then it goes into verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more then all we could ask or imagine according to the power that's work, work within us, is in us. To Him be the glory in the church and Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above 
Here's the deal. The only reason God sometimes doesn't meet our expectations is simply because He wants to exceed them. Don't let what you expected to happen in your career. Don't let what you expected to happen in 2020. Don't let what you expected to happen. Oh, I thought I'd be married by now. Don't let that stop you experiencing the real presence of God. Don't miss the miracle. Yeah, that may not have happened, but God's been working. He's setting you up and He's not just going to take you to where you were. He's going to give you double for your trouble. Come on, maybe God doesn't want to meet your expectations simply because He wants to exceed them. Maybe He's saying, don't reduce your expectation. Maybe the problem is He just wants to replace where we put our expectations. Because it's so easy to put our hope in wrong things. Why don't at the end of 2020, we take our hopes, we take our dreams, we take our desires, and we take them off stuff, and we take them off people, and we take them off events, and we place them on God. People can't carry that burden. Come on, take those hopes, take those dreams. And you can come to Him this morning and you can cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. Hope is critical to life. Without hope, you become helpless. And the good news is, Jesus, He's the hope of all hearts. Just last verse, Lamentations 3, verse 21 to 22. Listen to this. Yet I still dare to hope. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Yet I still dare. I dare. I dare. Come on, I dare you this morning to hope again I dare I still dare you to hope because you can remember that the faithful love of God never ends and His mercies never cease I wonder at Equipage Church whether we've got some prisoners of hope come on it's not about what we're holding on to but it's about who's got a hold on us He holds the world, but He holds your life. And you matter to Him.